So this week we're in Parshat Beshalach, as you heard Aaron reading this morning. We're going to move forward from that. And at the end of the sea, which is not the Yam Suf in Hebrew, destruction of Pharaoh and his army, then 1431, when Adonai did over the Egyptians, the people feared Adonai, and they believed in Adonai and his servant Moses. So that brings us to 15, which is actually called by a couple of different names. The Song of Moses, which I talked about earlier, which is more appropriate, the song at the sea, or song of the sea, the Shirat. And it's also referred to as the Song of Moses and Miriam, since we find both of them leading songs in the parasha. So that's why on this Shabbat, we read this portion, and it was designated because of the song. Now there's a unique designation or that's associated with this passage. It's one of two passages of the Torah reading cycle where the congregation stands during the reading. The other one being the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments. Only really two times that there's been a orchestrated standing of the people during the we got in the past where some people thought it was appropriate to show honor to standing during a Torah reading, but then that takes away from this significance of these two places in Scripture where we would normally stand. And although this song at the sea is led by Moses, and B'nai sang to Adonai. They said, he is exalted. The way this is presented, and it's been under this was a time of spontaneous worship. They watched all these wonders. They watched the sea on dry ground. They watched Pharaoh's armies being destroyed. And they're free. So they broke forth in song. Worship continues with them singing, thrown into the sea. Adonai is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. You know the word salvation there is Yeshua. This is my God, and I will glorify him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Adonai is a warrior. Adonai is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea and his chosen captives, captains have sunk into the sea of reeds. The deep covers them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Adonai, is glorious in power. Your right hand, Adonai, dashes the enemy to pieces. In the greatness of your excellency, you overthrow those who resist you. You send forth your wrath. It consumes them as stubble. With the blast of your nostrils, waters piled up. The flood stood upright as a heap. The deeps became firm ground in the heart of the sea. I actually read this week 
some commentators' comparisons. One of them happened to be a Southern Californian. And he compared this blast of his nostrils piling up the waters like the winds. Now, anybody that's experienced Santa Ana winds, I don't think anybody's not going to raise their hand to say they haven't. But you'll notice that if there are leaves on trees or even on the ground, they end up in piles, especially in our yard. Every, every single one of our neighbors east of us, we get their leaves in our yard up against our wall, in our rose garden, and it's a pile of leaves. And they compared this blast to the and I thought was a pretty neat analogy because I can relate. I see what happens when that comes through. So what we just read in verses one through eight, we strength and might are what bring deliverance to the Israelites. Needed to experience, and they needed to experience it so greatly that they come out of over 400 years of slavery into freedom. But was it really freedom? That's debatable. If they would have done what they were supposed to do, it would have been. In verse 2, it began with saying, Adonai is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. That's a declaration you find at other places. In Isaiah 12, too, the same words Isaiah speaks. And in one of the Hallel Psalms, the eighteen fourteen, which we recite at Pesach and at Sukkot, those very words are repeated. Then verse 3 goes on to talk about Adonai being a warrior. And as other translations put it, including the authorized version, the King James Version says, a man of war. We see the people break out rejoicing because of this display of a warring God, of a strong, mighty God, a delivering God. Because they know that destroyed Pharaoh and his army. And because they have delivered them from this oppression, from this injustice, from this evil, and even genocide, at the hands of the tyrant that was Pharaoh, they break out in song, and they're glorifying God. Throughout this song, the people repeatedly acknowledge that it was Adonai and no one else who did this. You can look at the words and they, they, all these statements begin with you, 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 you. So they never took any credit. They never gave credit to anyone but I. And it was pointed out at the beginning of the song set that this portion also includes a popular and somewhat famous verse. In fact, that particular verse has been the inspiration of many songs. And, and it's included in synagogue liturgy around the world. And that's Exodus 15. Question. Is me chamocha? Me chamocha, nedar bakodesh. Who is like you, Adonai, among the 
talk about the big G and the little G. But who are you, these little gods, these, as I call them, non-gods? It's like you, glorious in holiness, awesome in praises, doing wonders. Again, it comes out as a question in their song. Questioning, who is like you? There, at the same time, an acknowledgement that there is no The other thing that's unique about this is that in Exodus 15, verses 12 and 13, they continue the song by saying, again, you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them up. You, in your loving kindness, led the people you have redeemed. You guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Again, their emphasis was pointing to them in this song. Yes, there are other places during the song where they echoed the cry of the Egyptians, but the cry of the Egyptians was, I, 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 I. I will go conquer this people. I will step on them. I will tear them down. But they looked at who their source was and what he did and what he would do. So up until this point, though, in this song, they are boasting about how great Adonai is and how he's brought them this great for eyes. Behind curtain somewhere, some back room, they were there. We all understand the between seeing and hearing something and listening to someone else's account of it. Or, in other words, we also understand that there was no social media, Facebook, no no Skype or FaceTime. And they certainly didn't have push notifications on their smartphones. See, the Israelites, they heard and they actually experienced all of it. In recent years, there's been a lot of discussion in the field that can sometimes be there's a number of factors that can cause it. Lighting, the weather, you name it. We're not going to go into all I said to say, in the case of this account from our parsha, there were thousands of witnesses that all saw the same thing. At they didn't have to look for a repeat. They didn't have to look for those reruns next year. No, they was probably a very gruesome sight. Probably heard a screaming from the Egyptians as they were drowning. So they witnessed it all. That's what ring of truth accuracy. Because many that saw it happening. This song, their focus, it actually shifts to the future. Because it 15, 14, 15, they say, when the people's here, they will tremble. Anguish will see. Then the Moab's melt away. Terror and by the greatness of your arm, they will be shown. Crossover. Adonai
them in the mountain of your inheritance. You have made for yourself to dwell in. The sanctuary, Adonai, which your hands have prepared. Adonai will reign forever and ever. For Pharaoh's horses and his, and his chariot. I brought the waters of the sea back over them, yet but walked in the midst of the sea on dry ground. I don't want to dwell too much in what I've said before or what we looked at before, but I do want to recount the whole fact that it was ground. Did a bottom of the ocean, and understand something, it wasn't a little river, not a stream. Because if it were just a river that was only so wide, like the Santa Ana River, you could see the other side and you could walk through once the waters are taken away within a few, not even a minute. That's not what this was. They walked across all night to get to the other side. It was a long trip across this sea. But I, I said it before, if you ever run to the beach and the water, you notice it's soft and it's icky. You don't have sure footing sometimes. You walk sometimes because it's muddy. They didn't have that problem because it was instantly dried. So that was a miracle. Dry ground. But then through 21, it says that Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand and all the women went out with her with tambourine dancing saying to them, Sing to Adonai, for he is highly exalted. The horse is rider. He is thrown into the sea. Some commentators say that what was happening here was showing what Moses and what they say is the men were already singing. And so it became like they were almost singing back and forth to one another. I don't know if that's true or not, but it would have been great. But verse 20, actually, because of that, the, the wording seemed a little bit odd to some scholars and commentators. You might ask why. Go ahead and ask why. Well, if you recall, when the Israelites left Egypt, they were taking their time, carefully packing everything away. No! They left in a hurry. They didn't even, they left in such a hurry that their dough didn't even have time enough to rise, which is why we celebrate the Exodus with unleavened bread. What those commentators actually found odd that Mary and all the women pulled out their tambourines and began dancing. What made them even think to pack their tambourines? Now, yes, the tambourines weren't the tambourines we have today handbells or something like Morocco, uh, castanets or something, but still, they're trying to get in a hurry and get out of there. But all the women apparently thought to okay, but all of all the things, for this long journey, they packed musical instruments. Now, I'm sure our music would probably do the same thing, right, worship team? <laughs> With the possible exception, uh, she's not here, but she'll hear about it, of our cellist. Because a bit heavy and bulky, long journey. She would have had a flotation device when she got to the sea. 
But then it would have ruined it. But just as the celebration has reached a crescendo, everything comes crashing down. In Exodus 15, 22 through 24, it says, Moses led Israel onward from the Sea of Reeds. They went out into the wilderness of Shur. But they traveled three days. They traveled a week. No, they traveled three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they couldn't waters because they were bitter. On account of this, it was called Marah. So the people complained to Moses saying, what are we going to drink? It's interesting wording because Marah means bitter. And it tells us that the water was bitter at Marah so they were able to drink. Three days. My goodness. Didn't they just sing, I will sing to Adonai for exalted? Didn't they just sing, Adonai is my strength and song, he has become my salvation? Didn't they just sing, this is my God and I will glorify him, my father's God and I will exalt him? Three days earlier, didn't they just sing, Adonai is a warrior, Adonai is his name? Did they forget that three days earlier they said, Mi kamocha, Baalim Adonai, Mi kamocha, Nedar Bar Kodesh, Didn't they just finish singing three days ago, You and your loving kindness led the people you have redeemed. You guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. They even sang the peoples here. They also said, sing to he is highly exalted. Three days and they forgot all this rejoicing and all this worship that they had. See, after they watched their deliverance. How forgetful they seem to have become. As I said earlier, they had just had this wonderful, spontaneous time of worship. It's not even like it was planned the worship team plans out our worship set every week. It would be like they came in today and just started singing songs that, as they came to them. That's what happened at the sea. And they sang tambourines as they proclaimed the deliverance of Adonai. And now they're complaining over bitter water. Okay, I can, I can I don't understand. I've tasted bad water. But let me ask you something. What's worse? A near-death experience or bitter bitter water over that any day? Had the seas not parted, what would have happened? Because they weren't coming just to bring the people back. They were coming out to wipe them out. Can you do something about the water? So that would have been my first Well, you did all that. I'm sure you can do something about this bitter water. And maybe there was even a, I don't know, a, maybe there was a lemon tree nearby and they could have squeezed some. I don't know. But something could have been done about the water. Of course, chosen leader, Moses turned to God. They complained to Moses. And, of course, God responded. 
6, we read tree. They were made sweet. There he made for them. He said, if you listen to the pay attention to his mitzvot and keep all his decrees, diseases on you, which I have put on the Egyptians, for I am Adonai, who heals you. And then, without getting to the details and reading the way through, if we keep reading through the remainder of the parsh of Parshalach, we're going to see that trend continues. Like the Israelites receive answers from God only to complain again. Because next was the food. The, the more water. Again and again. It was almost like they were on a Ferris wheel or a roller coaster. They'd reached it where everything is hunky-dory. Everything's wonderful. We're praising God. And one little thing happens and they're going back down. And they stop glorifying God. But are we any different today? How many times have we grumbled and complained and forgotten the many times God's delivered us from our own times of bondage, out of the slavery of this world that we're, that we're currently living in, and then again with complaining and grumbling? I want to say it's human nature because that's all it is. You see everything wonderful right in front of your eyes but you don't see anything again, then you want to complain that you don't see it. But you forget what just... Who is like you, glorious and awesome and wonders? Almost 3,000 years old Still a very familiar song. We sang it today at the beginning of our worship set. It's sung in synagogues again, like I said, each and every Shabbat. We repeat these words over and over again throughout some of our our holiday But it, when we're not singing it, are we forgetting that he is awesome? Forgetting that he is wonderful and marvelous, that he is our salvation. One sign, talking about song and music, that you might be getting a little older. And that's when the music that you really enjoy, you even love this particular song, especially when it was from your youth or from a special time in your life. But now you hear it on the part of an oldies place. Even the youngest among us can get get that. Now, oldie. But in some cases, like me, come up. And still can be appreciated for the words that it speaks. There's another sign in relation to music that you like that you might be getting older is when you start recognizing a special song while you're riding an elevator. It's now elevator music. Okay, 
That was my favorite song. You know, like, especially couples, they might have a particular our song. So sometimes they, you may be sitting in a restaurant just having a conversation and all of a sudden that song comes on. And you look at each other and say, they're our song. And when that happens, you ever had that experience? It's not just the words, it's not but it brings back every detail of what you were doing when you made that your song. It brings back where you were, how you felt, in some cases even what you were. It brings back memories to hear your song. There's a song that's called With Us by a band I'm sure none of you have heard of. Well, some have called All Sons and Daughters. Anybody? Just me? Okay. It's a beautiful song, actually. You've heard of it because I played it for you. These, were, these are the words. You've come to bring... You've come to bring life. To bring... Well, God... Our deliverance. You are here. standing in your glory, Lord. No matter how long you better, no matter how long you are alive, there's one thing that has never changed. God is still the same. And guess what? He loves you just as much today as he loved those thick Israelites. He wants for you. He wants the best for wanted the best for them. When we come together here in the congregation, a congregation of peace, a congregation of a congregation of prayer. Oh yeah, what's our name? A congregation of praise, of Hallel. We have the opportunity to sing to him with our hearts, with an expectation that he will hear us. Bless us. Now but you know this morning, a very odd phrase showed up. It says, if you chase after God, he will chase you with blessings. I don't believe that. God doesn't chase us. Yet we will go after him. And because we go after him, we will receive his blessings, but he's not going to chase us. Come to him. We thought that was a very odd statement. You'll think it's an odd statement. But actually, we want him to be. No, we need him to be our peace and our deliverer. See, he doesn't need us to exist. He existed before us. 
exist. Singing is meant to be a passive exercise. It's meant to be active. Vocabulary words from Rosh Kodesh study. Avodah, service of the heart. That's where it begins. Goes from heart. Now, although our are done in a corporate, each of us as individual worshipers needs to still individuals. We're joined by a common interest, a common thread, a common goal, but we're still individuals. Why do I say that? Because as individual worshipers, we are responsible for our own words, our own thoughts, and even our own actions. So I can't worship for you, and you certainly can't worship for me. Even though we're here together, one corporate body, I still cannot worship for you or vice versa. It's an individual activity. Avodah Shebalev. Individual hearts. There is one focusing on him. But I pray as we meditate on the world, particularly the song of the, at the sea, that we won't be so for, to forget what God has done or what God, certainly not what God will do for each and every one of us each and every day. And start the miracle. You tasted bitter water, did you? The water's bitter. Can you fix that for us? No. And Moses, the water is bitter. What is this that you brought us to? See, if things aren't the way you want them to, maybe it's time to reevaluate your expectations. God, how he wants them to go. And then, we talk about the Ruach. He's here to lead us and guide us. But are we following that leading? You know, I know many of you have gone to Israel on especially a teaching tour. Does it benefit you at all if you follow the guide? If you're not following the guide, you're on your own. The group is learning. That's what it's all about. It's about taking each individual and gathering together in that corporate sense of worship, following the leading and guiding of the, the Ruach. If I don't follow the Ruach, what am I following? Mind, my own ideas, the ideas of the world. You name it. If I'm not following him, if I'm not letting him be my guide, destined for destruction. So don't be like those fickle. They are worshiping and glorifying.
glorifying God. And a few days later, start complaining, seemingly forgetting what he had just done in their very sight. Again, if oh, what he did to Pharaoh and his army, and not just that, go back further. What he did for me so that I could walk across the sea. On then he. Did. If I saw all of that, I'm not going to worry about bitter water because he, if he can do all of that, he can do anything. That's the important thing to remember. God can and will do anything for you. you just need to trust in Him. You need to believe that. He if we don't believe that He's going to be able to do it, then what are we doing? Again, who are we following? Not following the Holy Spirit. Then what is our destination if we don't have the guide? Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you that you've given us your word. It's what you need us and want to do. Be so focused on what we want to do on what you want us to do. Let us not focus on how we're going to do it, but how you are going to do it through us. Let us always remember the greatness that you've displayed in our lives. Remember the miracles that you've worked in our lives, the blessings we've experienced that came directly from you. Not focus on the trouble we just ran into because that's temporal. Your great blessings, they're all eternal. Ours to enjoy as we seek to follow you. Another problem? is greater than the problem. I'm not going to be concerned with this little problem. I'm not going to be worrying about what do I do now? No. God, what are you, what are you going to do now? The spirit of worship, the spirit of prayer, which is what this congregation is called. Congregation of praise. Remind us that that's what we're about, and we are supposed to give glory, give honor, and not complain. Water. Strengthen us in our faith. Strengthen us in our walk with you. When we take our focus off of the ruach who is trying to lead us, trying to guide us, focus back. You have to grab us by the collar to pull us back into line. Please grab grab me by the collar anytime. So Lord, because we want to worship you. And we can't worship you while we're complaining. We can't worship you while we're troubled. I pray that you would remind us of that. 
think things aren't going just to go. Just remind us that you're still in charge. That you are still on the throne. And there's nobody greater than you. In Yeshua's name, amen.